there's like that old adage, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And I think that that goes a long way when it comes to coffee. You don't need these bells and whistles. If the coffee is good, you will be successful. The second you stop focusing on the coffee is, in my opinion, when everything goes off the rails. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Fifth Wave. Today, we continue our interview series by speaking with some of New York's leading boutique coffee businesses. Next up, we're speaking with Gavin Compton and Ryan Wanslow, owner and managing director, respectively, at Variety Coffee Roasters. Gavin opened up the first variety store in Brooklyn back in 2008, and now they have eight sites across the city. Ryan joined the business as managing director in 2019. In this conversation, we discuss the importance of staying original and true to your roots, keeping it simple, and most of all, make sure you enjoy what you do. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Now, Gavin, I know you started the business some 15 years ago. I wonder if you give us some background on the early days of Variety, what you initially set out to do, and where you are today with the business. I came from a restaurant background. I was obsessed with restaurants. It's like my whole life. I've been working in restaurants since I was 12. And initially, it was a stepping stone to a restaurant career. I loved coffee. I was broke. I absolutely didn't have the funds to do a restaurant. And then I was like, well, I'll start with a coffee shop and I'll build it from there. And then I quickly learned that coffee was more delicious than any food I ever had. Way more fun and engaging. Ryan, you've joined a few years ago. Tell us about your journey in I've been at Variety for about just coming up on four years. A long time ago, I was working in remodel construction and the housing crisis happened and getting work in that field was pretty challenging. I took a job as a barista at Pete's Coffee in San Francisco back in 2006, seven, and I kind of was hooked immediately. That set me on a path of managing cafes. I started roasting coffee in San Francisco. Uh, I moved out here in 2012. Um, when I met Gavin, uh, at the time, Gavin actually happened to own a bar that I frequented and I got to know each other through that and, you know, found out that he owned Variety Coffee. I, w- I was roasting here and during Hurricane Sandy, uh, the roaster that Gavin bought coffee from at that time flooded, wasn't able to provide coffee. And the roaster I worked for did not flood. So we were able to get him some coffee in a pinch. And really that kind of time around Hurricane Sandy for me really um, cemented my life in New York. I I knew, you know, seeing how the city came together was not something I had seen before. I I actually wasn't super keen on New York before that. And seeing how uh, everybody's so connected here uh, in times of need and to be able to help out other businesses. And just to see all that made me know that I, I never wanted to leave New York. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I had already at that time committed to leaving New York. Um, so we moved to Seattle at the end of that year <clears throat> where I found work with La Marzocco. And I was with them for a long time, but always kept in close touch with Gavin and always like a huge fan of variety, really interested in trying to figure out a way that I could come on board and the timing was finally right in 2019. My wife was finishing law school. We wanted to start a family and I wanted to stop traveling for work so much. So the timing was great. And I came on in the fall of 2019. What, how would you describe your day-to-day role um, with Variety? I don't think there is much of a, 
day to day with eight cafes and a, a roastery and a wholesale department as well. I don't, I don't think I've had two days the same at Variety, but it's always very exciting. It's like everything we do is new and, you know, the, to just continue this kind of steady growth that we've been on, it's been great. And I, as I've built this coffee resume over the last decade and a half or so, I get to kind of use all of that here because I have experience in retail, roasting, green buying, coffee equipment, you know, sales as well as maintenance and stuff. So I, I really get to use that, all of it every single day. What was your original vision for Variety when you set out? At the time we opened, I was obsessed with this place called Ninth Street Espresso, which I talk about all the time. Uh, to this day, like my favorite cafe other than maybe, you know, the original Variety. But what I loved about Ninth Street was that it was so, so simple. It was so easy. And my original vision was, I was like, I'm just going to rip them off completely. Like I'll just open Ninth Street Espresso, but in Brooklyn. At the time, there weren't that many cafes in Brooklyn. Um, I don't think I ever envisioned anything more than just owning this cafe that was like right around the corner from my apartment. Yeah. But at no point, I don't think when opening did I think we would have eight stores 15 years later. You've done it gradually. I mean, one of the things I'm fascinated about is how do you scale up and keep things aspirational or, or high quality? The blessings and the curse that I've had is that we have no investment. There's no money behind us. It's just me. So like our growth is only sustained by our profitability or like what we're able to do. You know, I don't come from like a, a wealthy background or anything like that. There's no family money involved. And then there's no outside investors. So like every cup we sell builds to the next store. Or I, I say it's a curse because it's like, we don't have this rapid growth that maybe like a Bluestone Lane has, or like some of these other coffee companies that are able to like rapidly expand. However, it stops us from making decisions that would maybe negatively affect us in the long run. We're pretty measured about where we open and how we do it because it's almost like paycheck to paycheck in a business sense. You know, we, we have to like be able to bring in the money in order to perpetuate new stores. I'd say the, the growth is measured and in, in gradual for us because of the quality and, and vice versa. You know, quality has always been paramount to the brand even well before anybody thought of it as a brand, it was just a coffee shop. You know, when Gavin opened their first store in 2008, it was like, we have to be a great coffee shop. And I don't know that you can do a hundred great coffee shops in five years. And we, we want all of them to be great. We want to have the same interaction and availability to the staff as we did at one store. And that's why we go at the pace we do. And the fact that we're independently owned, allows us to do that. Being a Brooklyn-based business to a Manhattan and Brooklyn-based business, was that a sort of a seminal moment? It was a pretty big deal, like emotionally. And we opened the 25th Street store in 2016. That whole year, I think, was pretty impactful for Variety in the sense that we opened this new store, we did the coffee festival. There was like a movement there there weren't a lot of cafes yet in the city. And that was the first store we hired a designer for. We really tried to pull out all the stops for that store. And it kind of set the tone moving forward from that day. At that time, I you know did not work for the company. And that's when it really felt like Variety went from being a few cafes to being like a coffee company in New York City. Wholesale was starting, you know, all, all the coffee was being roasted. That had been going on for a little while, but that, that really felt like a cultural growth spurt for variety. Yeah. 
And the latest tour, how big is it compared to your other stores? Uh, Bridge Road was really fun. That's our new store. It's open last week. Uh, it was kind of like a measured decision to take a step backwards and maybe pull out of the playbook from a long time ago. We opened in a neighborhood where we want to be, where we want to hang out, where our the baristas live. Uh, it's been open a week and it's going really great. So is this a new era coming? Another new era where you're going back to roots and going back to community as opposed to high footfall environments. COVID has driven a new era in which neighborhoods in Brooklyn and in Queens have like kind of exploded in the last couple of years. Whereas, you know, we were looking at Midtown East before and maybe now we're looking in Astoria. I'd also add that, you know, one of the many benefits to our intentional and measured growth is that we, we're, we can reassess whenever we want. You know, we open a store in the financial district in Manhattan, and then we open a store in Ridgewood, and we don't we don't have to commit three, five, seven years out. We can like watch our own trends, and we can pay really close attention to what's actually happening, and we can make informed decisions based on that. A question here for Gavin: What does your brand stand for? Do you, do you see yourself as a brand now? Inadvertently, I don't think it was ever supposed to be that. Ryan and I kind of clash about this a little bit, but I'm always like, let's change the logo. Every store should have a different logo. Every store should be different. And it's from, I think, like a brand standpoint, that's maybe a bad idea. But I think from a variety standpoint, it's in the name. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We try to make the stores fit in with their neighborhoods and their communities. And to me, variety is still just the coffee shop on Graham Avenue. And it's hard to separate myself from the idea of it. It's just like the place I go every morning for coffee. What I'm trying to say is that I don't necessarily think of it as a brand. And then from a managing director's point of view, is that a challenge? It's a little bit of a challenge, but it's also really freeing. And it's, it's great because we get to be expressive and we get to grow organically. You know, one of the biggest appeals for me to coming over in the first place is that we're like, we're only bound by our own creativity, right? We, we really can do whatever we want here. And you'll go to Ridgewood this week and you'll see it doesn't look anything like any of our other stores. And that's awesome. We don't need a thousand identical coffee shops. That would be the worst possible thing we could do. So in that sense, this idea of like strict brand guidelines would just be awful. But on the back end, we want to make sure that we have a consistent experience for people because our customer base is made up from people that have been going to Graham Avenue for 15 years and people that have never been into a variety before. And we want them and everybody in between to have this really great experience of like what we put forth, which at our core, it's always just about making sure that everybody comes in the door, has the opportunity to have great coffee and that's consistent and everything else, we can just kind of do whatever we want with it. That's great. Current environment in New York, we're through COVID. I must've been pretty tough for your business. I was lucky to have someone like Ryan there by my side the entire time. We were working like 60 hour weeks, covering everything from roasting coffee to delivering coffee to working barista shifts and things like that. You know, we pulled through and I think for the better. One thing that was important to us was to make sure that like we took care of all of our people, which is like really important. And we took care of, and this is probably controversial, but we took care of our landlords. Uh, we made sure that everybody was like paid in full the entire time. And we took the hit for that, uh, which has set us up for the future. We have like now solid relationships with all of our landlords. Like we did the right thing by everybody and come out of it with like a clear conscience kind of thing. I had only started a few months earlier. So what a crash course in variety. I got to know the, the darkest corners of the company and what was going on uh, really quickly. And when the dust settled, they're set up really great. And it did really inform us of what, what to do next. And I, I think Ridgewood is a really great example of that. We can be nimble.
What, and what's the landscape like now? Is it you're feeling very positive about the uh, business climate here in New York? And also, what are the what are the other challenges you're facing at the moment to keep going, keep growing? It's always a challenge to stay positive about the competitive business climate. But as far as the COVID stuff, you know, this is the first year that like any amount, you know, appreciable amount of the trends match up with historical data. Um, but the competitive landscape has very much changed. You know, our, our cafes are great. Like pe- people know us, people know what they do or what, what we do. And generally they do well. On the wholesale side of things, you know, something that has cropped up over the last three or five years is that it, it's gotten a lot more challenging. It feels like a little bit of a race to the bottom that we don't want to participate in at times, which makes things very challenging. The big companies that have been stalwarts in New York Coffee that have been bought or sold or just evolved in that time are selling cheaper coffee. They're giving stuff away. They're making big incentives for customers. They're flexing big business muscles that we can't because we're a small local business. On the other side of that, there's a lot of private labeling going on. There's a lot of news channels of competition around New York that are making a lot of promises to a lot of people. And there's a lot of uh, inexperienced operators opening up for the first time. And my whole career, a lot of Gavin's career comes from this idea that, you know, somewhere you start with no experience. And I think we were both fortunate enough in different ways to come into this industry under these like kind of canopies of experienced people. And we were able to like get shown the way and learn as we went from people that had a lot of care for the product and a lot of experience. And now I see a lot of brand new operators getting brought into the industry by people that are spinning yarn of sorts, telling people what they want to hear to get the business and then not really supporting them in the same way. And on paper, if you don't know any better, the offerings sound the same. I roast coffee, I sell equipment, I service that equipment, and I'll train all your baristas. And so does a hundred other people in New York, except, you know, what we have backing it is a ton of experience, a ton of experience doing retail in New York City. And we've built a team of people that have just a wide breadth of experience from lots of places within the coffee industry. I feel like I've seen the average quality go down. And I see the average new operator really struggle in that, not realize what they're signing up for because they just haven't done it before. And that takes some time. And, you know, you don't want to sling mud or anything like that. But I think it's creating a real challenge for those new operators. And that's, that's a concern. What pieces of advice would you each give to someone new setting up, wanting to be, you know? That young Gavin. There's like that old adage, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And I think that that goes a long way when it comes to coffee. You don't need these bells and whistles. If the coffee is good, you will be successful. And once you start following trends or you're like, oh my God, we got to do matcha. Oh my God, we got to do this. Oh my God, we got to do that. The second you stop focusing on the coffee is, in my opinion, when everything goes off the rails. When Variety first opened, we added sandwiches like two months in. And it lasted about two months. And it was a colossal mistake and we reeled it back and we're like, we're a coffee company and that's what you need to focus on. Ryan, you've had vast experience across the whole coffee shop landscape. What are some of the mistakes that people make? Plan ahead for volume in some capacity, been a part of the opening of hundreds of coffee shops and 
people love to argue that, oh, well, we can always add that later. You'll never add anything later. My advice to people is do not limit yourself in your design. Plan for volume. The first variety didn't get remodeled for 12 years. And it was a huge undertaking and it, you know, it caused a lot of riff to do that after you start. When you don't spec your equipment enough to like handle volume, you'll never get the volume because people will not wait for you. So what's next for variety? What, 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 are we, what can we expect in the next year or two? Our kind of biggest talking point was talk about opening 10 stores. We're at eight now, open up two more and then kind of reassess from there. In kind of developing this idea of a growth plan, you know, have a growth plan and grow organically. Those two ideas are a little bit working against each other, but we do want to do both of those things. A guiding principle behind those numbers is always like, we want to grow to a size that we can afford what we're doing, right? There's some of, there's efficiencies there. There's a common economy of scale. And we want to be able to like do the things we're doing without sacrificing any quality. And we want it to feel much like it feels now. At 10 stores, we'll probably have somewhere between 100 and 120 employees. And I feel like I can know 100 to 120 employees. And so can Gavin. And I don't know that I can know 300 employees by name. And I'd like to get us to that size to where, you know, we were appreciating those economies of scale and we're able to do like fun stuff. If what we're doing is not fun, there's no point really in doing it. If we lose sight of those things, then we're probably in the wrong business, I, I think. Thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank you so much for having us. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. And if you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to all the latest global coffee news, including the Weekly Coffee Dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. This episode was recorded in PT Knitwear Studio on Orchard Street in New York City. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Brister. And this week's song, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is For Me by Norman Alexandra. And until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and I hope you enjoy the New York Coffee Festival. So used to be in right, that's to play along. Falling into old routines But maybe I just need some time for me All my feelings I ignore The self-reflections at the door Let my emotions go to war To find a peace in all the scars Tired of feeling anxiety I'm pleasing everyone except for me I could really use some clarity Some self-discovery So I cannot keep going down this road Latching on to everyone I know But now I know why I heard the ones I love I'm unhealed and broken down Lonely is hard to be But maybe I just need some time for me So I used to be in Rome Though I'm right, I still play alone Falling into old routines But maybe I just need some time for me for me, for me, for me For me, for me, for me Maybe I just need some time for me For me, for me, for me For me, for me, for me, for me.